0: The series that uh, Pastor Adolfo has been doing, we're going to go through Matthew chapter 14, okay? So, let's see. A disciple versus a Christian, okay? Can you be a Christian without being a disciple? Okay, do you guys know what a disciple is? A Christian means to be Christ like, okay? So, if you're a Christian, those of you who are standing, you're saying that you are like Christ, okay? Because being a Christian doesn't mean I want to be like Pastor Adolfo or Pastor Joe or Susie or Griselda, no. Being a Christian means you are like Christ. Amen? You have the same mindset as Christ. You have the same heart as Christ. You love what Christ loves. You hate what Christ hates. Amen? Amen. All right. So now a disciple is someone who wants to follow Jesus. Jesus. Amen? So a disciple follows Christ. Now if you're going to follow Christ, guess what? You're going to look like Christ. Amen? But if you're not following Christ, you can't be Christ-like, meaning you're not a Christian. So for those of you who think that I can be a Christian and I don't have to be a guess what? I'm here to tell you tonight that that's not the truth. And we are no longer going to let you guys in this place feel comfortable without being discipled. I know we have visitors and you guys are from another church, but guess what? Even though you're part of another church, you need to have spiritual authority over you. Someone, ladies, who is discipling you, who is in your life, who is helping you. Live the Christian life, who is correcting you, girls in high school, who is showing you how a young girl lives like Christ. You need that in your life because guess what? I can't do it by myself. I can't make up my own rules. Oh, this is how God wants me to live. No, it's all according to the Word of God. And guess what? We all need someone to teach us the Word of God. Yes? Amen? Because we don't know it all. Amen? Okay. Hey, so you need someone in your life that's been through a few more things, who has a history with the Lord. Amen? Okay. So um, let's see. So to be a follower of Christ means that, guess what? If you're a disciple, if you're going to follow Jesus, do you need to be teachable? Yes. Yes. That means we need to submit to him. We need to listen. We need to have a relationship with him. That means we need to be humble and willing to learn. Okay? So if you're not willing to learn, you're not willing to follow God, guess what? Don't call yourself a Christian. Okay, if you think that you're too good to have someone over you, okay, or too good to be consistent in going to church and building up the body of Christ, guess what? That's a lie, okay? So you do not call yourself a Christian if you cannot do those things, okay? So let's go to chapter 14, verse 22, and let's start looking at some of the disciples, okay? And so, oh, I have the clicker. want to share what's out here, but I feel like it's all just rushing in my head. So I just gotta slow down. Okay, give me a second. Okay. So if we look at verse 22, it says, "Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd, made them go to the other side as he dismissed the crowd." Okay. So after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. That's how you say that, okay? And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. Just so you guys know, I don't consider myself a preacher, but a teacher, okay? So I'm going to take it slow with you guys and just go through this little by little, okay? Step by step. Amen? Okay. You guys ready to learn? You want to learn? Okay. So ask the Lord that you'll receive something from this, okay? Because let him speak right now. Amen. Okay. So first, see, the disciples were made to get on the boat by God. That's what the passage says. They were made to get in the boat. And see, when we're right now, when we're saying, I'm a disciple, I'm someone who wants to follow God because I want to be like him. Okay, we don't want to be like this world. We don't want to be like each other. We want to be like God and do what he wants us to do. But guess what? When that's our prayer and when we're asking God to change us and make us like him, he's going to put us through situations. He's going to make us do certain things that we never thought of. Amen? Okay. Now, sometimes when God speaks these things in our lives that we have to do, guess what? It's going to come through a leader in your life, someone who is a man or woman of God. Okay? So when God directs us, a lot of times, yes, he uses his word. He himself will speak to your heart through the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to us growing in ministry, guess who that voice is usually going to be? Your pastor or your leader, okay? So in my life, personally, a lot of my direction has come from Pastor Joe. And guess what? When he directs me, it's not always easy, okay, to just accept and be like, okay, great. No, it's been like, what in the world? Like, why do I have to do that now? Like, I just did this, and that is so impossible for me to do right now. So some examples of what I've had to do is, like, in the summer, um, a couple of us went down to New Orleans on a mission trip, and guess what? I had to lead that group, okay? And that was hard. It wasn't something that I was like, yes, I can do this. No, it was like, oh, man, I've never been here without Pastor Joe or Nancy. Like, what am I going to do? You know what? But that's when I just had to turn to God and be like, God, I depend on you and not on a leader. So even though we need the leaders in our life, guess what? Our Our dependency is on the Lord. Amen? Always on God is we we obey the authority in the church because we love God and because we trust that the authority is pro- is provided to us by God. Amen? Do you guys get that? Amen. Okay. So um, another thing is, like, during this mission trip, it was um, we were told we were going to start going to SUM to school. And I was like, man, I can't do that right now. Like, I want to. I want to go to Bible college. But right now, it doesn't fit in my life, you know, because I'm working full time. I don't have the money. I'm still paying for, you know, the last years that I've done in school, and I don't want to take out loans and stuff like that. But guess what? God said, no, it's now. And that came through Pastor Joe. And guess what? Praise the Lord that I listened. Praise the Lord that I'm in SDM now and that God knew that I needed to do this now. Amen? Amen. Okay? And then the other thing is now SEM came, and it was like, go out and start JC Soldiers, you know, ministry in the inner city. And even though, like, I had already been a part of it, it's like, dude, I have to do this every week, and Pastor Joe and Nancy are not there, you know? So it's like the Lord had to, like, raise me up and keep pushing me, and not for me to keep, like, hiding behind people, or just, you know, like, God needed to stretch me a little further, amen? And so could I have been like, no, I don't want to do it, or could I have left the church? Sure. A lot of people have left the church when it's time to grow up and start doing things for the Lord, okay? But guess what? Because of God, because I trust Him, I stayed faithful and I'm so happy to be part of JC Soldiers. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, not only did I have to start SUM Bible College, you know, like full time and everything, but I had to move out. Okay. And so, when I wanted to move out, I wanted to move out by myself into my own apartment. But then the Lord is like, no, you're going to move out with like elders in the church into their home. And then after that, it was like, you're going to now move out with other girls that are going to school. And I, you know, no complaining, but that stuff that God had to push me to do, okay, wasn't like me like, oh, that would be great. It was No, God had to open it up for me, and it was through who? Through our leaders, okay? So now um, we are reading in this passage how, um, let me take it back, reading in this passage how, um, how Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, and then he was like, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come, you know. And a lot of times we pray like, Lord, bring me to you, bring me closer to you, make me more like you, you know, strengthen me, um, make me stronger, you know, use me. And a lot of times things like what I just shared with you, you know, those things come along, and that's when we want to stop and we want to look at the things that are around us like, and here uh Peter started to look at you know the wind and stuff like that, and then he became he got afraid, you know, he was afraid, and that's when he started to sink, and the Lord had to, you know, rescue him and pull him out of the water. And so um a storm, you know, when we're led there by God, is not always the bad thing because it's usually a time of discipline and of growth. Do you guys agree with that? Say amen. 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 But the Lord says to take courage, okay? Isn't that what? says up there, he says, take courage, he told Peter. And now courage, what I want to share with you guys, it's not like being strong, you know, and like mighty, like we may all think like I thought. It's having the, f- the like strength in your mind and in your will. So it's having like firmness when you face something difficult, okay? It's not, it's, when you have courage, you are not easily broken, amen? So when you have courage, you cannot be easily broken because of the circumstances that are around you okay so verse 28 you know the Lord's telling Peter to come and then we go into verse 31 and then God said why did you doubt okay so he's asking him why did you doubt you know you asked me to bring you here and then you you just stopped trusting me you started looking at yourself and everything that was around you and so then you fell so he's saying why did you doubt You know, so today, the Lord is asking you, why do you doubt? What kind of answer can we give him? You know, because if we look at God and we say, well, Lord, I doubt it because you're perfect. I doubt it because, um, you know, you're too faithful, you're too powerful. Like, this is who God is. Like, we can't blame it on God as to why we doubt it. You know, we can't, like the Lord says that even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil and that his staff and his rod is our comfort, our strength. Amen? So if this is who we're saying God is, someone mighty and powerful who rose from the dead, who rescued us from the bottomless pit of hell. Amen? Come on, somebody. Okay? So God is this powerful being that we trust, that we have given our lives to, but yet we doubt. Any doubters in here sometimes? Okay? I, mean, I know I'm not the only one. Okay? So right now, I just rebuke unbelief in the name of Jesus, okay? So the reason why we doubt is because we take our eyes off of God and we start to look at ourselves, okay? So we forget who God is and we start to look at ourselves and the circumstance around us. So we start to, you know, look at our past. We can look at our mistakes, like, God, I'm not good enough because I've done this, I already messed up. You know, for me, it was like, um, you know, when the time came to start, like, discipling girls in the youth group and become a part of it, it was like, Lord, like, dude, I don't look, you know, like a leader. You know, like, I'm, I'm fat, you know, I'm old, you know, compared to the girls in the youth, you know. So it was like me looking at myself. Like, I'm this. I'm not good enough, you know. I, I, um, I'm not a good speaker, um, you know. And then a the time came when I had already discipled girls. And guess what? They backslid. They just backslid. Turned their back and got So God is like, keep going, keep discipling, girls, keep winning them, you know, over to me. And it's like, how? Like, I already did it, you know. So here comes the doubt because I'm looking at myself. But guess where doubt comes from? It comes from the pit of hell, and that's where we're sending it back tonight. Amen? Okay, so now when you begin to look at at yourself, that's when the doubt comes. So don't look at yourself and stay focused on God. And we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you have your Bible, please open it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So starting at verse 1. and get some water, please? Thank you. Okay. So the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Okay, so this was the time when, like, Saul was king, but he turned from God, and now he's Being replaced, and Samuel has to go out and get the the next king. Okay, so the Lord is saying, "Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king." But Samuel said, "How can I go?" So here comes the doubt. How can I? I How can I do it? You know? How can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. So a lot of times we're like, "Lord, well, if I do that, this is going to happen." Like we stop believing that God has other plans, you know, in a way out of things. So here he is, how can I go? If Saul hears about this and I'm going to go get another king to anoint, guess what? He's going to kill me. I have come to oh, so then the Lord says take a heifer with you and say I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Okay? Okay? So Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Okay? So when they arrived, Samuel saw... Eliab and thought surely the Lord's anointed stands before Hold on. Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Okay, so this is the first son. But the Lord said to Samuel, "Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him." Okay, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Okay, so tonight I pray that the Lord is looking at your heart, okay, and that he will begin to reveal things that are in your heart that are keeping you from him. So then Jesus called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons, seven of his sons passed before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, "The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, "Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, "Send for him, we will not sit down until he arrives." So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy, with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. Okay? So this is the youngest one, not the biggest, not the strongest, not the, you know, smartest and all that because other guys, you know, were older and stuff. But the Lord says, no, this one I choose, the youngest among them. Okay? So, let me see where am I? So then you guys know that, uh, This son who he picked is David, okay? And then you guys know the story of David and Goliath, how he was the one that went to go defeat the giant. So God will not use you because of your appearance. God will not use you because of your age. God will use you because of who he is and because he is able and he is willing to use anybody that says, Lord, here I am, use me, change my life. Amen? Amen? So can God use you? Yes, if you are willing. If you are willing to submit to him, if you are willing to follow, if you are willing to build a relationship with him, if you are willing to hear from his voice, if you are willing to discipline yourself and devote your entire life to God in everything. Amen? So um, let's go back to Matthew, I believe, to verse 13. Yes, verse 13. And let this, we're going to keep going. Matthew 14. Okay, so when Jesus heard what had happened, he would... I'm going to let you guys get there, okay? So shout in mind when you're at verse 13. Okay. So when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the town. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's, it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They say, We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here to me, said the Lord. And he directed the people to sit down in the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the and the gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 5000 men besides the women and children. Okay, so now um, here the disciples start off saying, like, Lord, we've been here for a while. You know, it's getting late, and this is kind of like a, a faraway place, you know, from the village. So why don't we just let them go now so they can go get something to eat? So are they telling God what to do here? Yes. Okay, so we don't ever want to do that, so don't ever do that. Don't tell God what to do, okay, because God always knows. So here they are saying, God, you need to send these people away. Let them go get some food. But God said, no, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. So God is saying, you do it, okay? Um, and then they're like, well, okay, like you want me to do this, but guess what? I only have five loaves and I only have two fish, so no, I can't do it. They're saying, but God's saying, bring it to me. So today if you're facing something in your life, whether it's S-U-M, whether it's youth group, whether it's living for God at school, guess what? God is saying, you do it. And if you're like, no, I don't know how, how can I do it when this is my best friend and they're not living for God or, you know, I'm part of this sport or this club and stuff like that, guess what? The Lord is saying, you do it. And if you don't know how to do it, guess what? He's saying, you come to me. You bring it to me. You lay it down before me. And guess what? God figures it out for us. Amen to that A wonderful father that we have. Okay, so why do we do what we do? Okay? Why were these disciples there? you know, and then ended up feeding these people, you know, because, one, the Lord healed because he had compassion. He kept them there to keep preaching the word and fed them. Why? Because of his compassion, because of his heart. So why does Adolfo do what he does? Why is he a youth pastor? He doesn't get paid for what he does. He is doing this because he has the heart of the Lord. Amen, somebody? Okay, so why? Why do, why do I want to disciple young girls? Because the Lord said to do it. But not only that, guess what? As I spend time with the Lord, I end up having a heart for young girls the same way that he does. You know, I don't see you guys like, oh, there's that girl from Prosser or Evanston School. <laughs> you know, it's no, I see who God is calling you to be. I see the things that you can do for the Lord. Amen, somebody? Okay? So why I give my time for you is because I know the dreams that God has given me. Why do I work with children? It's not because Pastor Joe made me. It's not because it was the only ministry left over. It's because God knows my heart and he opened it up for me. Amen? I know the dreams that God has given me to be with the children. Pastor Joe doesn't know them. So why he would say, Susie, you're doing that is because, guess what, thank God that my pastor hears from the Lord. And thank God that I have humbled myself and submitted myself to stay in church because guess what? It hasn't been easy. The devil's tried to get me out of here so many times. Okay, and I'm not saying like, look at me, I've done it. No, it's, you know what? God is good and God is able. If he changed me, if he's using me, guess what? He will do the same for you. Okay? So do you understand, like when you pray to God, like if you don't know what your calling is, guess what you need to do is you need to start praying and start figuring it out with the Lord because I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do in life. No, God will. And guess what the Bible says is when the men and the women in the Bible found out what they were going to do and what their calling is is because they prayed and they fasted. So we elevate, need to come to a point where we start to deny ourselves and get together with God and call down the fire and ask him, what are we going to do with our lives? Ask God to give you a vision, not because the Delta says, hey, we're going to do um, internship." You know, and we're going to go look for homeless. No, don't do things because only Adolfo says. You know, when are you guys going to get together as a group and go out and find the homeless yourself? When are you going to go and preach at a different high school by yourself? Because, not and not because we're telling you to do it or this is when we're doing it and stuff like that. We want to do all things in order. It's not like you're going to miss pre- witnessing a pastor because you decided you were going to go hear, you know, God somewhere else. It's, no, we're still going to do things in order. But on your spare time, and your alone time with God, what is he asking of you? What is he telling you to do? Amen? Amen. Okay. Okay. So now, okay, so now um, the disciples then end up, you know, listening to what God told them to do, and they end up, being able to feed all these people, okay? So don't do things just for yourself so that you can be recognized, so that you can be glorified, to so see what you get out of it. No, start having the heart of God. You know, God's heart was to feed these people. And there was more than enough. There's always more than enough. God's not going to take something good away from you. But guess what? He's going to take the junk out of our lives. Amen? Okay, so now... Um, So the disciples here take courage because they know who God is and what he was able to do, amen, through them. So I want to say to you guys is, you know how the disciples were like, or when Peter fell out of waters because he started to look everything around him and he, you know, took his eyes off of God's glory and what he was able to do. So right now, I believe that a lot of you guys who have been part of Elevate for a long time are really glorifying your excuses as to why you don't do things, okay? And you really need God to reveal that to you and let the Holy Spirit convict you of what it is that you are putting before you. And it's not necessarily something sinful. It might be something that you think is good. But God is asking for more of you, for more of your time, for you to go out and feed 5,000 people with him. You know, for you to go out and snatch people from, from hell. And you know what? Stop glorifying your excuses as to why you're not doing what God is calling you to do. And if you're not being disciples, stop glorifying your excuses. Get over yourself. I right now only have, and not to like show off or anything, only have one girl in the whole youth group, and I know you guys are visitors. I only have one girl in this whole youth group, and I know there's some girls missing, who is constantly calling me and who makes time to be disciples. Okay, and it's not because, hey, Susie, I want to be with you. You're so cool. No, she needs to get with God, and she needs to go forward, and she needs to be stretched, and that's why she does it, because she is hearing from the Lord. So girls and guys, you know who you are if you're not being discipled, disciple, if you should be discipled, disciple. Some of you guys I haven't seen in a while. Guess what? Get right with the Lord. Get right with God and take tonight as a warning, because guess what? As young as you are, the devil wants to steal your future. Do you guys understand that? He wants to steal your future. And why the youth needs discipleship even more than adults is because you are at a point in your life where you are easily influenced by the things of this world. Okay? So you can easily backslide if you are not being discipled, if you have no one holding you accountable, if you don't have anyone in your life. And it's not like we're here to baby you because you're younger. It's no. Is you are learning right now. You are growing, okay? You're at a stage where, dude, by the time you're my age, you can do so much more than what I've done in my life or even test your adult. Both. Why? Because we came to God just a few years ago. You know, I had to get right with God three years ago. Okay, when I was a sophomore, that was the first time that I started to hear about the Word of God. And even though I was raised Catholic, because a lot of Catholics like choose to excuse, like, well, I'm Catholic, I'm straight. No, is even though I was Catholic, guess what? I knew what I was doing was wrong, and that it was a sin, and I knew that what I was doing, that one day I would have to answer God for it. Okay, so but what happened is I would sit here, like some of you today are looking at me, but are not really listening to me. Okay, So I would sit, just like some of you in here, and not listen to the pastor. But guess what? The Holy Spirit was still at work and still convicted me, and I would come up to this altar and be like, Lord, forgive me for being with my boyfriend, and I know I shouldn't be. Forgive me for lying to my parents. Forgive me for smoking, for drinking, and all that stuff. So guess what I would do the next day on the weekend? Do it all over again. And it was like, who cares? But guess what? The Bible says that. If you do what is wrong, knowing that it is wrong, you are a son or daughter of the devil. It's not if or maybe, you know, it's not I just did it once. It's if you're not right with God, you don't belong to him. He's not in your life. You are under a curse and not under his blessing. Okay, so um, the other thing the Bible says is that if you know that you're doing it wrong, guess what? It's like crucifying Christ all over again. Okay, so when you decide that you want to live in your sin, and in your selfishness, you are denying Christ, and you are crucifying him, and you have become an enemy of his. Okay? So somebody says it's time to get Somebody says it's time to get right. It's time, right. time, right. time to get right. And you better get right with God before the night is over because tomorrow is not promised for any of us. Amen? Okay, Lord, have mercy. Okay, so we, you know, and for those of you who aren't one who are being discipled and who are loving God and who are being stretched, guess what? It's time to keep going. It's time to keep doing more, okay? So if we look at Matthew 14, verse 1, okay, top of the chapter, and we're going to see about, we're going to read about John the Baptist, a disciple who was following Christ in his ways and his word, who was willing to do anything for Christ and even lost his life for it, okay? So somebody say, "Follow follow God at all costs. Amen. So verse 1, when you're there, say you're there. So at that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias. Let's say that, okay, Herodias. (laughs) It's actually Herodias. (laughs) I was just checking, you guys. Okay, Herodias his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. So Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered him a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias, Herodias, that is how you say it, Herodias. Okay, so let me take it back so you guys really understand the story, okay? So this is Herod, okay? Okay. And he has taken, he has divorced his wife and sent her back home to her father. And then he took his half brother's wife. He ain't supposed to be with her, okay? So, on Herod's birthday, the, da- the daughter of Herodias danced for them and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. And prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here in a platter the head of John the Baptist. Okay, so I, I believe you guys all know the story of John the Baptist and what an amazing man of God he was. So the king was distressed, but because of his oath and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and John and had John beheaded in the prison. So his head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. Okay, Adam, can you come up, please? Can you go? Thank you. Okay. Okay. So why was John the Baptist killed? He was killed. Because he righteously kept accusing kept accusing Herod of his sin, okay? And really, what was it to John? Like if here's this man, okay, because if we look at ourselves as Christians, okay, and we see a man who is with this woman that he shouldn't be with, and it's like, well, what does it matter to me? I'm living for God. I'm saved, you know, born again and all that. I go to church, so it really doesn't matter to me what he's doing. But guess what? It mattered to John because it mattered to God. He had the heart of God. And when you have the heart of God, I'm telling you, you hate the things that God hates. And so this man was living in sin and leading people. And guess what? John had to check him because of God in him. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? means that your Facebook, your MySpace represents God. And girls, right now I'm telling you stop compromising with the pictures that you take. Stop trying to get away and see how much you can get away with. It's just know what if God's
1: excuse. It's not the day of judgment when you are before God. Not one excuse. There will be not one excuse that can get you out of hell. Do you understand that? One sin will get you in